Greetings. The episode of 33 North 96 West that you are about to hear or see is actually the second in a two-part episode. So, of course, you're welcome to just tune in to this episode as a standalone. Or, if you would like, we recommend clicking back to the previous episode and listening to that one first so that you get the benefit of the full conversation. Okay, here we go. So let's say uh, I'm going to actually shift this. If it's okay with you, I want to shift it to like a social or, or a civilization, like a cultural level. Mm-hmm. Let's say there are p- particular uh, political figures and the things that they are adv- advocating for do not resonate with me. Do I withhold love from the person? I don't think you can do that. And I'm wanting to make this distinction because there's a big, big epiphany that I think we can have on a collective level with regards to the tremendous strength and power of this energy of love. And the more of us that get this, that have this aha moment where they realize, oh, I think think this is part of a big collective shift that is available to us right now in the field. It's like in the incubation stage. And the more of us who are receiving it and tuning into it, I mean, we're going to see big change. So you can love the aspect of the creator that is in every human being. You don't have to love their acts. Hmm. Let's say someone commits an atrocity, like let's use a word like rape or murder. Those acts cannot be committed by a person who is in the field or the frequency of love. Those things won't hold in that field. But the energy of the creator is in that person. The energy of the creator that is in me is in that person. There is no, there is no human being alive that is denied access. Maybe this is a bold statement, but a, this is truth. There is no human being alive that is denied access to the love that is available, the universal field of energy. And I think that It is a distortion in our culture that has something to do maybe with our misplaced idea of morality or good and bad or right or wrong. There there is a distortion of this kind of fundamental universal truth that I think we're moving into a space where we we can begin to clear that out. (laughs) Which energy is more powerful? The energy of defense like i need to defend myself against your attack or the energy of love the energy of love is is more powerful and the that's a divine consciousness an abundance consciousness whereas the defense is a separateness consciousness so that's where we go into that cycle of 
me against you, <laughs> me against the world, you, you know. And when we are in defense, does the result of that cause more defensiveness in the other? Or does it diffuse the situation? It does not diffuse the situation. (laughs) Causes more defensiveness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does the energy of love cause? More love. So it's a causal energy. Mm -hmm. It, It can, if not experienced very often, it can be a shock to the receiver. A At really first. brilliant, beautiful shock. Yes. And so there's really no prediction of the of the response, but I can personally say it's always um a much closer match to love than defense. It it's that's when I use that phrase it disarms or it diffuses the situation because they're they're almost caught back. Wow. What was that? So why would I need to be in defense? It would be because I'm afraid, right? I feel threatened. Yes. There's something within yourself. There's something within myself. That's not to make it. That's a universal statement there. That it it's what people call a trigger, but it's something that's activating something within me that is either unknown or unresolved. So... Are you more likely to be in reaction or in defense if you haven't found a way to love yourself? Yes. Or if you have tuned in to self-love, universal love that's available, you're less likely to be in reaction or defense, right? Yes. So if I'm moving through life without loving myself and reacting to others in defense, is that more selfish or less selfish than if I find a way to love myself so I can move through life and love others? (laughs) Did you follow that? I did. I'm laughing because I don't really have a strong relationship with the word or the energy of selfish. So I'm finding myself questioning how... How it could even be spoken and suggested? No. Well, no, because that feels to me like I would be judging. I was trying to understand how to decipher that question for me. I don't think it necessarily is. It doesn't require you to judge. But I think what I would say is if you are unaware of the love that's available to you in yourself, you could perceive it to be selfish for another to be in that energy because you don't get it. Okay, sure. I'm following. It's not a judgment. It's a... So the person who is suggesting that it's selfish moves through life in defense or rejection And that's the energy they're bringing to the field. And then they're suggesting that the people who do love themselves are selfish. Yes. So there's an oxymoron. (laughs) There's kind of a paradox in this that I'm just wanting to unpack. Yes. 
And I think my my pause there, if you will, and my my trying to kind of reframe that for myself is because, yes, it's <clears throat> pardon me. Yes, it's been many years coming and many years in the works, but I, I, I can really say that I'm in a place where I don't have an apology for who I am, for the choices that move through me. And I completely let go a long time ago of what selfish or self-absorbed or any of that means. Does that mean I don't have an experience of it or a setback or a shock to my system when experiencing certain things? Uh, no, it doesn't mean that at all. It's just that uh, I let me lead into saying this a different way. The strongest relationship you're ever going to have is with yourself. The most intimate relationship you're ever going to have is with yourself. Ah. So that's where my mind was trying to go in this conversation is that not just my mind, I'll just, I, it's in my heart. Like it was all dropping down through my whole center of my body of how do I articulate what's moving through me is that I have developed and attuned a relationship to self, to all of who and what I am, to where I don't have a thought or a perspective that that's selfish or that it's harming others. And so before doing that, definitely I would have perceived that often. I would perceive that as selfish. That is, they're only thinking of themselves. They're not looking at the whole. They're not looking at anyone else. They're not considering anyone else. You know, all of those things you could put to that. So I just had to kind of reframe that for myself for a moment and reposition to those experiences I had where that was my perspective, where that was how I was receiving interaction with people and experiences in life, led me to step back and say, wait a minute, if this keeps happening, and this just keeps happening, and this just keeps happening, there's a pattern here. Yeah. Uh, what might change this? What might create a little bit of an experience for me that's more harmonious and in alignment? And so in order to do that for myself and in my journey, I did have to begin accepting myself. The more I got to know myself, the more I had to accept myself. And in order to do that, I did let go of any concept or notion of what selfish was because I, I, I just completely stepped out of that and thought, at this point, I'm not too sure I care a lot about what anyone else thinks. And it was the way, it was my process in order to come to self-love. So coming to self-love is not just, I made the decision and it just happened. It could be, it could be, we, we, it's unlimited, right? It's always in the field, but we do go through that process of looking within, looking without. Is that, you know, is it selfish if I look within is it selfish of them if they expect me to only consider them? You know, all of that back and forth. I don't really know where we go with that in conversation, but it feels important to bring up because it is an everyday, real-time experience that we all have. Well, so what, what I would like to suggest or where we should 
we could go with it in conversation. The next place would be to clarify, does being, does self-love imply self-entitlement relative to others? No. So is there anyone that we would deny self-love to? No. So everybody's included. Yes. yes. That's been a theme of our conversation so far. Yes. There are no special rights or abilities or privileges that that one person has access to that any other would be denied. So it's not, I guess where I'm going with that is it's not, you're not being selfish by offering yourself self-love. And the way that would be outpictured is you are entitled to special treatment or mm -hmm. someone should, mm -hmm. I don't know, that's not, this is about everybody. Well, I have something moving through me just as kind of a caveat to this conversation, because when you're, when you're in a space, when you're in the energetics and frequencies of love and you are discussing it, it can sometimes be perceived from others that you are ignoring or excluding experiences, situations, culture. That that wanted to be addressed because so so let me go one step further with with what's moving through me is that to be in a space of self-love which automatically ripples out as love out into the field and to those in your field and beyond, it's infinite. Does not mean that because I'm in a space of love, that I am now a complete passive doormat. And that is a misunderstanding that can cause that tug of war. It really can. In fact, what I would say is it maybe actually means, in some cases, the opposite of being a doormat. Yes. Because if you... I think that... Uh, that being in the field of love and offering yourself love or, or realizing yourself in the field of love brings with it, again, referring to the outpicturing of that, along with that comes self-respect and um, honoring yourself. And so if you're in a situation where, um, let's say, someone close to you or an employer or someone is emotionally abusive to you. If you are in the field and frequency of self-love, the response is maybe something like, no, stop that. It's not okay. But if you're not in the field of self-love or frequency of self-love and you're not honoring yourself and preserving yourself, then you'll take it. And I've, I've experienced both sides of this coin. And in, in your expression, no, stop it, it's not okay, that's not an expression of non-love. You're still loving the source of the person before you. You don't have to be in love with their behavior, <laughs> their acts, the way it's out, they're outpicturing. That's not your responsibility. Love the 
love and honor the aspect of the divine that is in that person before you, as well as yourself. Uh, Abraham, through Esther Hicks, said, love and like are not the same thing. No. You don't have to like someone's behavior or someone's expression or any of that to love them. And that was a, I will tell you, that was a huge epiphany for me several years ago. Huge. Because I can love people who have completely different everything than I do. Is it better for you to hold the grudge and get angry or even, I'm going to use the word a strong word, hate? Is it better for you to hate that person who wronged you? Or is it better for you to realize love in the field between you and that person? What's better for you? Realize love in the field. Is that better se- for all. <laughs> is, that, is that selfish? I think that's the most divine, enlightened form mm-hmm. of selfishness there is. If, if, if someone wants to call that selfish, I will completely claim it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm owning it too. Own it. <laughs> I... I would like to share one of the one of a series of experiences that happened that really brought me to this. And it's not that I didn't already have some level of understanding, but one of those aha moments of I, I used to kind of make humor about it as it's one thing to know something, but then sometimes you come to like, oh, I really know it mm-hmm. now. And to me, the difference is I know it conceptually, I'm integrating it, integrating it, and then suddenly, wow, it's embodied just another way that I will phrase that. But I had someone say to me a strong word that you just said, which crushed me. And what they said was, how could you hate or or how come you hate such and such so much? My immediate response was, I was taken back so much that I actually had tears in my eyes. And I said, I've got to be completely honest with you. I don't know what hate is. I don't know the frequencies and of hate. I don't understand hate. I don't even, it's not in my, in fact, my heart's beating fast just trying to say it. I don't understand that vibration at all. Mm-mm. Then I, my next response was, I don't hate that person. That person hates themselves. Mm-hmm. They hate themselves so much that it is their goal in life to make everybody else feel for them the way they feel for themselves. And it practically knocked me backwards out of my chair. I had to go out. I took a long walk and just really sat with that and thought, I'm so grateful that I, even if I wasn't fully in self-love at that point in my journey, I, I had a great experience of opportunities of it. But I did not have the experience of hate. I I did not even understand that in my field. So it just went to show me, well, if I don't even have that in my field and I really do resonate with love, I can love myself even more. That's going to be an example for others. Yeah. You know, if somebody really feels that way about them, what can I do to shed light on that? I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell them you hate yourself. You know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to extend love. And 
in the situation where someone is in a really low place, a dark place of self-hatred, despising themselves, is it more likely that you will inspire or engender a breakthrough within them by hating them, joining them (laughs) in their hatred? No. Or by creating a field of love as an opportunity to be shared with them. Absolutely. And, and I have a question also, would I be extending that love? Would I be sharing the field of love if I let them continue to treat me that way? No. (laughs) So that's, that's kind of ties back to what we were talking about is that is self-love, and I cannot emanate out the field of love if I'm withholding it from myself. Ah, there <laughs> you go. Mm. We just brought it all back around mm. to that very initial theme. I believe that this idea of awakening to self-love has tremendous potential for the evolution of humanity. It's big. (laughs) I would even venture to say, from my perspective, and for all of you astrology lovers out there, I'm a Venus and Pisces guy. So (laughs) universal love is a big theme in my incarnation. But I'm going to venture to say that love is the most powerful force in the universe. Yes. At our 3D, you know, dense level human stuff, we're not you're not employing. I mean, I think that the energy wants to be realized. It's available to us. It's in the field. But we we try to go around like exerting our pressure and control over over our, you know, um enemies. I mean, even that word makes mm, me cringe. Me but, too. I, uh. <laughs> I mean, we've been in this mode over, over the past age of like wanting to establish our security by ex- ex- exerting force and control, you know, like active force. Like, But this, this force, I'm using the word force to talk about love because it's so powerful and so transformative. It's the answer to so many questions. But our culture, again, bringing it back home, our culture has suggested that that's not okay to love yourself. And I'm suggesting that's the place we all have to start. Yes. That's the beginning point. I witness every day the expression of that of love for self and i see that ripple out to others i receive that from others that is the experience that i have created in my world by being in the energetics in the frequency of love and i i know i've even shared a couple stories here and there on here but it it's just amazing how in an everyday situation 
you, you start when you choose to do that. And the more you love yourself, the more you witness it in everything and everywhere and everyone. And it's not that we're in denial and not seeing where light, where one is forsaking the light. And that phrase comes from Matt Kahn. It's like recognizing they're just forsaking the light in themselves. They're forsaking the love within themselves. They're forsaking the source within themselves as themselves. So I'm able to recognize other behaviors and in the field what is happening and not personalize it and not internalize it, but just continue to be in that field of love. And you can watch things shift on a dime so fast. But then the second part, or not the second part, but another side of that is I just, I'm not even in the field to receive that anymore. Very, very, very rarely do I encounter confrontation, um, people throwing energy out on me and displacing and, and saying it's all me or any of that or hate or, you know, any of those things. And I'm not to say, I'm not saying that it's not out there and it's not not an expression within humanity. But when you really, the more you drop into self-love, the more you stand in your own personal truth and the more sovereignty you are in. And there are times, especially as you're in that integration phase, where that might be more assertive than at other times. And there's, there's, there's no judgment on that and there's no right or wrong on that. It's just where where things are. What I have found though is the more I love myself and truly stand in my truth and sovereignty without it when I say truly stand, there's no longer the energy or thought around it that I have to stand up. I have to have barriers. I have to have the the word has escaped me. I'm sure you know what word is out there. Boundaries. Boundaries. Thank you. <laughs> I have to have boundaries. I have to have barriers. I have to put up the wall. Um, I do think that there are times again that is self love to say no. It, it's a it's a a step along the way. It to is experience that. It is, and it doesn't mean that step's not going to come up again. It it doesn't mean that there are not going to be additional experiences where there's a no. Yeah. What I'm saying, though, is it becomes less and less yeah. and less. I'm reminded of actually something that Richard Rudd has expressed in the Gene Keys. Um, and I, I think this is a good place to bring this dynamic in based on where, where the conversation has gone. Nothing, he said, nothing can wound a healed heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That feels true to me in my experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what that implies is that a part of our experience is to have our hearts broken, to move through this process, and you you emerge on the other side of it stronger. And, and without the need, like I'll say in my experience, early in life, I, I had lots of... Um, boundaries and barriers in place, um, starting from around seven or 
around age seven or eight so that I, it was a self, I had lots of self-protection mechanisms, very sensitive kid, um, intelligent, creative. We don't need to rehash all the circumstances that led to that, but in order to survive emotionally, I had to self-protect. I had to protect my heart. And I did that. And I honor all of those strategies. Mm-hmm. But around age 28, 29, 30, it was kind of late for me, relatively, I think. Um, I started to um, open up and I was letting those barriers down. So it's almost like my heart was broken as a kid, put the protective mm-hmm. mechanisms in place, started letting the barriers down, had my heart broken all over again by a series of experiences. And then I had to heal myself. Mm -hmm. Again, going back to what we said earlier about being connected with yourself or knowing yourself, you become the resource of your own healing. Yes. And, and I, I kind of became more consciously aware of whether or not I was going to make the decision to close my heart off again. It was kind of like I was watching mm-hmm. this whole process within me. Like, I'm healing this up. I'm I'm processing it. I I want to remain open. It's okay. I mean, there there are going to be things that that happen to me again that continue to happen to me in my future that are going to sting. Yes. But isn't that part of the beauty and deliciousness of life? That that you feel that and you allow all of that to be and that you have enough self-love to to be with that and to, to be, honor to be with that yeah. i like that and to honor it and that the emotions are energy energy in motion mm-hmm. and if we don't allow it have the experience of it and allow it to move through us we really are not able to fully become self-realized, self-actualized. I'm actually going to just really simplify this right now and say becoming human. Yes. I mean, this is about humanness. Humanness. Yeah. Which is beautiful. Yeah. And actually, (laughs) I'm glad that we're kind of grounding this as our conversation winds down, that we're grounding it in real experiences. So, And I'm fine being raw. I've been a little bit raw, but I'm going to say, just to be clear and transparent with you and with the whole field and all the listeners, I have had the experience of not loving myself. Yes. I know this experience. I know it very well. I know the experience of shame, denial, guilt, there's a word that I'm trying to think of where um, I can't I can't think of it. Humiliation. Humiliation. That came into my mind. <laughs> I I sent the word to Terry because yes, I couldn't did. realize it. So I have felt all of those things, and I can I am a testament to what was outpictured in my field as a result of that in those inner conditions. So when I was in the field of those emotions internally, I had evidence of it 
outpictured to me. Mm-hmm. Now, there were, there were people in my field that were offering me love, but I was not in a place to be able to receive it because I wasn't tuned into it. When I learned to fall in love with myself, and I'm going to say it's the higher self that's doing the the action of the loving, your higher self is in love with you. Yes. So when you tune into that, the whole world opens up with love because like attracts like. Your outer reality is going to mirror your inner condition. And so... Open yourself up to the love. It's there, right? Yes. It's like, <laughs> it's like in, it's like on the doorstep of the th- like the threshold, right outside the door, just waiting for you. I don't remember the Matt Con phrase. The word that I use is inhibit. Like you're the one who would inhibit it from coming in. So. One question that kept coming up, the question and the answer, so I'll share it. What has caused us throughout our life or our journey to not love ourselves or give ourselves permission to love ourselves? And it ties back to what you were talking about earlier is uh, it, it's, it's from our interpretation of experiences that have been translated as trauma as core wounds, we talked about the, those wounds, core wounds, core fears, and our defense mechanisms for survival are to self-protect, self-protect, self-protect. And then I wanted to tie that to what you just said. I can recall where it was going. But a another personal sharing here is I, I used to tell people that I was moving through the different understandings of guilt, of shame, humiliation, different core wounds and and the out the outward behaviors as a result of that. And I spent many, 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 many years healing guilt. And I actually used to tell people, clients, if I was having this conversation, I would say, you know, I know guilt really, really, really well. I mean, it's my first, middle, and last name. We have this very strong relationship, which I am working on uh, shifting that, transmuting that. And I didn't really think I had an understanding of shame, and that's that's a different topic. But I, I bas- basically came to learn to recognize that we're each going to have one that's more predominant within our field based off our blueprint. So for me, it was guilt based off my upbringing societal conditioning and programming, my experiences. So I want to say that when I was working on guilt and also working on self-love, forgiveness of self and others, all of that, I was doing some deep, deep work through some trauma that I had experienced. The This is a very personal sharing, but it feels like it wants to, to be shared. The individual who I perceived having caused that trauma, not physically, but energetically, appeared before me. And a series of 
experiences happened over the next few days to where I actually came into a place of feeling. And I remember saying this phrase for the first time in my life. I now know what unconditional love is. I have 100% forgiveness. There is no blame. There is no guilt. There is no shame. There is no humiliation. There is none of that. I had compassion. I had empathy. I had understanding. Again, that did not mean to say that I said, that is okay. That's not at all what that meant. But it meant I understand unconditional love. I have stepped into a space of complete, absolute, unconditional love for this individual because of self-love yes, and respect. Yes, I was going to say, and of myself. <laughs> and of myself. In the situation. Yeah. Yes, in the situation. So much self-forgiveness, self-love, moving through all that. Now, because of that, did I allow that energy to come back into my field? Absolutely not. That, that door had closed. But I, I really knew unconditional love at that time and energetically communicated that to this individual. Yeah. You know, it, it was powerful. And I've had the experience of communicating love and really wanting the person on the other end of that to receive it and they don't. Yes. That, yes. That's hard, but I still wanted to give it. I still want to give it. I'm still offering it even if they can't receive it. I mean, really, everybody, give yourself some time with this. If, if some of this language seems foreign to you, uh, or I have a sense, based on my own experience and, and the experiences I know of and others, subjects like this, like if you feel... I don't know if I can even say this. If you feel like you haven't felt this love that we're talking about, like if you have an honest come to a conscious realization that I haven't known that, then then all you have to do is say yes. It it will become available to you. It is an active causal energy. Just say yes. That's all that's required of you. There's not a whole lot of efforting. And don't feel like, oh, there's some result that I have to see out picture. Just, just say yes to it. Meditate on it. Contemplate on it. it. You will realize it and you'll know it when you do. Yes. And it will change things. Because so much of the human experience is transformed by this love. Mm-hmm. It takes everything to a whole other place. I don't know how to explain it, but do you, Terry, can <laughs> you relate? Like there, there are people who are going to hear this and not, not resonate with some of what we're talking about because that, ha- that energy hasn't been felt or received. And I'm wanting to kind of empower them. So I'd like to ground it back down into when I was referring earlier to kind of the steps, if you will. And again, I say, if you will, because they can be simultaneous. It's not to say you've got to do this step for eight weeks and this step. So it really does come around these phrases that I want to share to ground it down in. Yes, as Jared said, you just have to say yes. Some actions 
inspired actions that you can take is learning more and more about yourself, get to know yourself, not the identities that you have received from outside of you and adopted as you. Cultural suggestions. Cultural suggestions. (laughs) Yes. But your true, true, true authentic essence and who and what you are. You want to really know that, know who that is, who what that is. And when I say what, I just mean source. You're you're all of it. You you begin accepting that. Go ahead. <laughs> and it, like it includes the denial and the shame and the Yes. The, all of all of that is known. The yes, you oh, that's such a beautiful point. If to know yourself does not mean to say, okay, this chart says I have all these characteristics. Yeah. Because this happens often. People say, including myself, have done this. Oh, I've got an outline right here. I know myself. But to be willing to look at those wounds, yeah. at those traumas, at those self-sabotaging thoughts because you've had that experience that you keep thinking it and you keep thinking it and you keep thinking it and thinking, okay, I had that experience, so I've always got to be a product of that. And even as it becomes outpictured with behaviors you don't like. Correct. Oh, yes. The behaviors is, the, yes, <laughs> the outward the outward expression of that. So, or, in well, inward expression too. Yeah. The beating yourself up, the I'm not worthy, the sabotaging yourself. So... That's what, when I say know thyself, know yourself, really learn all of it. Look at it. Be willing to look at it. And there's a difference between being willing to look at it and accept it. That's the next thing I move into is accept it. Accept that these have all been a part of your experience. And accepting it is more of, you're giving you're giving the, the field consent to receive insight around that wisdom healing and i think you can even consciously ask as you accept mm-hmm. what ask yourself what have you come to teach me yes what can, what have you come to teach me contemplate it and spend spend as long as you need yes this isn't like oh i've got to i've got to fix my denial in a week no 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 right i i came to know one time that wow i'm really in um Oh my, my, I've <laughs> lost the word. Uh, avoidance, uh-huh. avoidance. I started realizing how much of the energy of avoidance I was in and how much energy I was using to avoid. Yeah, it takes a lot. It, it's a lot. So I, once it became, I became consciously aware of it because I asked those questions. What am I to gain from this? What am I to know from this? What am I to learn from this? So I, I got it. Oh, I'm avoiding. Mm. And so then it could move into, okay, I'm look at all these opportunities where I'm avoiding. Yeah. What am I avoiding? I'm avoiding looking at myself. I'm avoiding knowing myself. I'm not avoiding the individual that's bringing this into my field or any of that. I'm avoiding myself. And we do that strongly mm-hmm. as that defense for survival. And I don't mean just survival of your your needs of your physical body. It's your emotional and your mental health. You create these. And to a degree, 
I mean, you even get to a space, you may get to a space where you can look back and honor your defense strategies. Yes. It's like, oh, <laughs> bless your heart, you sweet boy, you sweet girl. <laughs> like, I, I understand why you did that. And it's like, I'm, I'm even in love with that. I'm in love with that little girl, mm -hmm. that little boy that had to do that thing so that his heart didn't explode. Yes. And to me, that's the phase of embrace. Yeah. You move from, okay, I accept it. To embracing. Which is basically the consent to receive, to recognize it as valuable information for you. But then the embrace is to enthusiastically say, wow, you know, it. not only is that okay, that was fantastic. That was... Give yourself pats on the back and say, you know what? I really did a good job at surviving that. <laughs> and that, that may yeah. sound counterintuitive, but that's how you do it. You start giving yourself accolades and permission to say, wow, there was nothing wrong with that. That was okay. In that moment, that was my technique as a human, as we said, to survive. Mm. And I did that thing then. and. Now I'm here learning this thing I'm learning now in response to that thing I did then. And it's all part of this beautiful cosmic intelligence that every human being is part of. I mean, wow, I've just kind of gone back to that mm -hmm. field. And then you can celebrate it. Yeah. You can say, and, and that is the love. And when, and when you're in the field, that field of love, then then I can, then you can share it. Yes. And I, I don't, I don't even mean now just like being the transmitter of love. I mean, I mean, we're sitting here having a pretty raw, vulnerable conversation with one another. What is the effect of that? It's uh, like, we're understanding our humanness. Yeah. We're learning from each other. We're growing in this field. If, if you and I hadn't made a commitment earlier on in our experience to fall in love with ourselves, we wouldn't be here mm -hmm. because I would have been too guarded to be with you in this way. Well, we can even tie that to an experience we've had recently where I was going through, um, I don't know, it was less than 24 hours, but it felt intense and, and long, but I was going through those self-questions, uh, trying to come to an understanding about a pattern, an experience. And I showed up and I asked the questions of self. Do I share this with Jared? Do I keep it to myself and just record? Do I share it with Jared? Do I keep it to myself and just record? You know, that self-talk. And the and I can only stand in self-love and truth at this point in my journey. I'm yeah. like, no, I'm honoring this. And yeah. so I shared it. We had a great conversation. And it really opened I I, I definitely speak for myself. It opened me up to be prepared to have these conversations. If we just go within our own, if we keep it all within, yeah. sweep it under the rug, I'll deal with that later, I'll deal with that later. We're not honoring the current energy that's moving through us, through emotion, through thoughts, through behaviors. We're not honoring it. And that is how we show up in self-love and love for others, universal, this force, the force be with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's how the, that's how you be in the energetics of that 
is you do. You ask the questions and you look. You look at it. And that is so much self-love. Yeah. To be willing to do that, to be able to do that. Does that mean in the moment it's comfortable? Probably not. It's probably not always. Often it is not comfortable. It's uncomfortable because you are. When did we decide that life has to be comfortable? Exactly. But but what happens? It moves through you. Yeah. And then you're in such ease and grace and peace and love. (laughs) Uh, But it's not separate. And so for me to think that that experience I'm having needs to be separate from talking about whatever today's topic is, that's separation consciousness. I I can't separate it. it. The experience is there. As I said in our last recording, the experiences are there. And that in the last recording, I I was very, very filled up with energy that day, very excitable, physical, active energy. And that came through because that's what was to be with me in that experience. So, you know, I guess my invitation is to to kind of wrap back up to some of the things I've alluded to is to really get to know yourself inside and out, what you might call the good, bad, and the ugly, because it's all, it's all beautiful. It's all beautiful. There's no good, bad, or ugly. It's all beautiful. It's all source. And then accept it and learn to embrace it and celebrate it. And then you are in the energetics of love. Hmm. (laughs) Is there anything left unsaid? Well, for me, that feels really good. Whatever. I feel like there's some really profound question that Jared has to close us out. I don't know if I have a question. Or a statement. I do have a statement. (laughs) Okay. Terry, I love you. Jared, I love you. And to you who's listening, I love you. And to you who's listening, I love you. And we really mean it. That's what we talk about when we talk about love. Mm -hmm. Those moments connection shall we leave it there absolutely until next time thank you all for joining (laughs) us yes we'll see you next time